Let me pray before we get going any further. Uh, thank you so much, Father, for the uh, worldwide uh, uh, community of followers of Jesus Christ um, that we can come together <clears throat> and be united by your Holy Spirit. Um, I ask that your uh, grace and mercy and uh, would uh, and and safety would be over the team going to uh, um, to Mexico, and uh, that they would be such a blessing to that family to build that house. Uh, give them safety and health, and um, I pray for those who uh, are uh, not here today because of, of having COVID or being uh, cautious that you would uh, bring healing to them and uh, restore them as well. And um, uh, we just want to trust in you. And I ask, uh, I pray the prayer that, that uh, uh, Jesus kept hammering his church in uh, um Revelation, um, let those who uh, uh, hear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So help us hear, Holy Spirit, what you're saying to us, um, and to be filled with you. And uh, I ask all this in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, there are those times, um, especially when. Uh, I, I'm excited because that, uh, uh, one of the things that we are allowed to do um, as chaplains um, uh, but have not been allowed to do in the last year and a half um, is have a worship service on the mental health unit. And so um, that um, is kind of the, un the unit that uh, has been assigned to me. Actually, I wanted it. So I do uh, uh, what are called inspiration groups twice a week, and then I get now, since uh, uh, July 4th, we're able to have a worship service with those who want to come. It's entirely um, uh, voluntary. But what is good is that uh, we, uh, there's, there's no hindrance of who we speak about and who we preach about. So we get to preach about Jesus to uh, those patients that come. And, 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 and uh, uh, most of them are Christians, um, or at least interested. Uh, uh, some of them are not, but we're able to. So I'm excited about that. Uh, today I've got, um, I've got some scriptures that are kind of hooks. But uh, I, I may share with you some more. And uh, um, I was talking to uh, uh, Jared uh, back there, and I said, you know, when you don't preach very often, your your uh, preparation is is not as as uh, linear as it should be. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot more disjointed. So I apologize before, and I just pray the Holy Spirit will use, which I know that He will. Um, uh, the 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 title of this is uh, knowledge of ice versus knowledge of fire, uh, and then he said the subtitle is why we're we so afraid of the Holy Spirit, and um, uh, and so I want to share share what's been on my heart because it's been an issue issue with me. I became a Christian at ten years old. I believe that because of the promises of God, I accept the promise of God that I was saved at that point in time, and I received the Holy Spirit. 
But for any evidence of the Holy Spirit, it took a long, long time. And then at 19, I had a, a, a really a visitation of the Holy Spirit that changed my life around uh, because I was doing things I shouldn't be, and He turned me around completely and um, uh, led me into a campus ministry um, where from then on uh, then led me into the ministry. But I've got to tell you the truth. A lot of the stuff that I was dealing with, the need because I was end up working with students and college students, was knowledge. Uh, knowledge of the resurrection. Apologetics. Why are there reasons for the truth of Christianity? Why are there reasons for the, the veracity of the resurrection? Why can't we trust that? Why can't we trust the scriptures? All of those so important. But if that's all there is, I fell short. And as we look at the ministry of Jesus, He dealt with a lot of different people that did not get on board with what He was doing. Um, we get a little, really good taste of that if you've been watching The Chosen here lately. But those, especially the Pharisees, those Pharisees, I'm telling you, I've got to tell you, they knew their scriptures better than we do. But they missed the Messiah. They, they couldn't see it. At one time, Jesus is approached by one, and, and, and he said, he go, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you'll find life. But you don't know that the scriptures speak about me. They all speak about me. When he encountered the disciples on the road to Emmaus and they were so downtrodden, and he goes, what's going on? And they're saying, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> don't you know what's going on? And he says that eventually he opened up their eyes to the scriptures and showed how they all spoke about him. So from Genesis to Revelation, you know, a lot of times we think my idea was that at Matthew to Revelation they talked about Jesus and then there were prophecies. No, he says everything points to me. But that's not really what I wanted. But that it's possible to know the scriptures but not have an encounter with the living God through His Holy Spirit. And I don't want to take this wrong because I believe that the Word of God is the, the Scripture's the Word of God. But I heard one time in our brotherhood, several years ago, early, early on, someone said, well, the only Holy Spirit that I need is the Scriptures. And I'm saying, well, I don't think He's, I don't think He's just confined there. Jesus says he's like a wind. He goes where he wants to. And that's why I wanted to title this, We're Afraid of the Holy Spirit. You know why we're afraid of the Holy Spirit? We can't control him. We can't put him in a book. We can't put him in a box. We don't know what he's going to do in the next day. If we're listening to him, if we wake up in the morning and we say, Holy Spirit, what do we got for me today? That's a dangerous prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. Do you really want to know? Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. Um, and, and, and that's what happened is that the, the, the Pharisees had, um, 
just made rules. They had 600 and some rules, just rules after rules. And, and, and that's what I call knowledge on ice. They're not necessarily wrong. They're just not enough. John the Baptist, when he was foretelling, he was out baptizing in the wilderness. The first one scripture I had was, uh, I gave Jared was, uh, Luke 3, 16 and 17. And, uh, uh, several times, uh, uh, you know, he said, uh, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he says, I baptize you with water. But he will come. There's one who's coming who's going to baptize you with the fire, with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going to baptize you with fire. There's going to be more than just knowledge of eyes. There's going to be knowledge of fire. And so when our bat, when, when, when Jesus spoke with them, so John says a lot of things. He points to Jesus as the Lamb of God. He, uh, he encourages now the followers of John, his followers, uh, basically he says, I must decrease, he must increase now. You are to follow him. Okay, mine was a baptism of repentance. We still do that. We still do that. But if that's, but John is saying, but that's not enough. We also, at our baptism, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the baptism of the Spirit and fire. He is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So I want to, that, that's, that came from, from John. John said that that's what's going to happen. And we, we see that in the, in the ministry of Jesus as he completely failed with the Holy Spirit. And at times he gave his disciples, uh, and followers, especially the twelve, abilities to do things, kind of a foretaste, to cast out demons, to, to heal as a foretaste of what what was coming. But on the hill, when he says, I am giving you a commission, you're to go out into all the world and and preach the gospel, gospel, hospital, gospel, I'm going to go preach the gospel at uh, the, in this, this afternoon, um, baptizing them in the name, teaching them all that I've, I've taught you, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, they, some of them believed, yet some of them doubted. Even then, they had three years with Jesus. They heard his teaching. They saw his miracles. They, they, they were involved in his miracles. Um, they participated as partners in his miracles. Uh, Peter uh, got, got to be part of one by walking on the water for a while, but it still wasn't enough because they didn't have someone. Because at the Last Supper, he says, it is good for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the Helper will not come. See, there had to be Holy Spirit and fire. Even with those that had spent day and night, day and night, day and night with, for three years with Jesus, were not equipped quite yet. And so Jesus says in Acts 1.8, 
um, he tells them, um, they ask, they're asking him some knowledge questions. When are you going to set up your kingdom? And he says, uh, well, well, uh, the Father has the authority um, to set those dates and times. They're not for you or no, to know. What you need to know or what you need to, to get is something else. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The power does not come until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then they, he, he had told them, you need to go wait. You know, can, can't you imagine yourself? Hey, I've been with Jesus for three years. I'm ready to go. And he says, no, you're not. Because you need more than knowledge. If, if we stay just in, in, in facts and, 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 uh, uh, even the knowledge of the scripture, there's a lot of people who know the scriptures, but they are not filled. They don't have that knowledge of fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit. And so they wait in the room. They do what they're told. Um, Finally, they got it. They do what they're told, and they're praying. And it says, if suddenly um, a sound like a mighty rushing wind comes through um, the uh, the group, and about that time, there's about 120 um, uh, men and women, and it was like tongues of fire were resting on their heads. And of course, we all know that the this was the coming of the Holy Spirit. The breaking through of the kingdom of heaven, heaven breaking through into earth and falling on all these people and they go out and empower. And so we see the book of Acts and we see preaching and we see people turning to Jesus. We see healings. We see, we see Holy Spirit and fire. We see Holy Spirit and fire until I'm going to make a jump. Um, that the authorities, the authorities said several things. They said uh, these men are ed- uneducated, but they they could tell they they knew they were, had been with Jesus. Is that the world? What the world says about us? The church. Um, this last year has been very hard because of COVID, because of, of the illness. But it has not always been, if you are uh, any um, uh, partaker of social media, a bright and shining light for the followers of Jesus Christ. Because I've seen anger. I've seen ridicule. I've seen put, uh, putting our faith and hope in those other than Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one whose kingdom we are under. You know, the titles King of kings and Lord of lords before Jesus came were already used. They were, that was by Caesar. He was the Lord. 
He was the Prince of Peace. He brought peace to the empire. And so by taking his titles and giving them to Jesus, he, they took, the Christians took those titles away from him and gave them to Jesus. And so in the last year, I, I saw a lot of, a lot of those given back. <laughs> a lot of anger. And, um, where there should have been fire of the Holy Spirit. Because one of the evidences of the fire of the Holy Spirit is the love of Jesus pouring out. Love your enemies. Right? That's a tough one. But they said uh, in Acts 17, verse 6, um, Paul and Silas had been preaching. Um, and uh, people were turning to Jesus. Many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace and formed a mob and started a riot, and they attacked the home of Jason. And uh, so, you know, they, they pulled him out. They uh, attacked him. And this version says this. The reason why they're angry, Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over, over the world, and now they are disturbing our city too. Another version which I like be- best, oh, they even accused, accused them of treason against Caesar. Now, the Jews did not like Caesar, only when it profited them. But what they said is these men are turning, and women, are turning the world upside down. Knowledge of eyes, just facts, which are important. We need to know the scriptures. We need to know the reasons for the resurrection. We need to know uh, and memorize them. But if we are not engaged with the Holy Spirit, we will not turn the world upside down. We will not turn the world upside down. They were preaching, but their preaching was filled with knowledge of fire. And so, I talk to you as one who has been in the ministry for over like 30 years, and there was a lot of times of those 30 years, most of the 30 years, I'm not sure I had the knowledge of fire. I knew I was saved. I knew Jesus. I loved Him. But I'm a control freak. I like to control what happens. And the reason why we are not... Uh, why, why was there a necessity for a book to be written, The Forgotten God by Francis Chan, as he spoke about the Holy Spirit? Why was there a necessity of that? What our churches need and what the, what the followers of Jesus need worldwide and what, and where the, the church is, is, is being effective is where there is knowledge of fire. There is knowledge that puffs up, right? And there's knowledge 
that changes. There's knowledge that changes. I want to read to you a quote from a, an author by, uh, by the name of Brian McLaren. And I, I tell you what, I don't ag- agree with a lot of what he says uh, a lot of times, but I do agree this. He says this uh, about the need of the fire of the Spirit today. In the millennia since Christ walked with us on this earth, we've often tried to box up the wind of the Spirit in manageable doctrines. We've changed the fire of the Spirit for the ice of religious pride. We've turned the wine back into water and then let the water go stagnant and lukewarm. We've traded the gentle dove of peace for the predatory hawk or eagle of empire. When we have done so, we have ended up with just another religious system, as problematic as any others. Too often, petty argumentative, judgmental, cold, hostile, bureaucratic, self-seeking, an enemy of aliveness. In a world of big challenges, and this, we live in a world of big challenges, maybe the biggest challenges ever. And people need to see a church that not only has a knowledge of ice, but more has a knowledge of fire that is filled with the Holy Spirit, that is supernatural, that cannot be explained, that is the wind, the Holy Spirit, which blows wherever it goes. It goes where it wants to go. We do not know where He's going. We just follow. We just follow. We need to let go control of our programs and our lives and give them over to the Holy Spirit, who is God, the Spirit. Because if we do not give control over to Him, we are not being totally faithful. He is equal with the Father and the Son. In a world of big challenges in times like ours, we cannot settle for a heavy and fixed religion. If you look at the chosen, they, they, they had the discussion about all the laws they had to keep. You could just see the weight, the weight on them. Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, you, 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 you load up these people with laws and regulations and beliefs, and you will not even help them carry them, and then you turn them as twice into twice the sons of hell as you are. Whoa. And they were tired. They needed life. They needed life. And it's the Spirit that brings us life. And we are living as recipients of that breakthrough of the Helper who comes. The Holy Spirit. The baptism. Baptism of repentance. That's right. Baptism. And, and you know what I always wondered? They always, we, we kind of, uh, had this, uh, you know, trying to make a, uh, illustration. And he says, it's like we go before a judge. And we appear before him. And the judge, being God, looks at our offenses and all of our wrongdoings, all our sins. He says, I tell you what, I'm 
I'm racing them all. You're free to go. And I always wondered, uh, kind of in the back of my mind, well, what made you from doing it again? See, if G, if if God just sets us, declares us not guilty, and we're free, then how do we live out our freedom? We only can live out our freedom if we have knowledge of the, of fire. It is the Spirit who sets us free, where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom. And we do not use the, our freedom to sin and to do wrongdoing, but it is the Spirit who gives us freedom. It is the Spirit who gives us that fruit. It's that Spirit that gives us the, uh, the gifts that the church needs to reach out, to function itself. One of the, the blights on us is a, a unity movement uh, the restoration movement that eventually started out with the knowledge of fire and turned into the knowledge of ice and fractured into now three groups. Instrumental, non-instrumental, and disciples of Christ. All of us were one. And we just wanted to be known as Christians. But see, the, 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 the enemy... The evil one knows that if he can just get us to thinking that we know enough that he can keep us from being the presence of Jesus in the world. In a world of big challenges, like times like ours, we can settle, we can't settle for a heavy and fixed religion, McLaren says. We can't try to contain the spirit in a box. And as the disciples, when they were waiting to go out into the world, and as you and I are waiting to go out into our community, into our families, into the world, into the situation where we find ourselves, we need to experience the mighty rushing wind of Pentecost. We need our hearts to be made ablaze with the Spirit's fire. Stay there in Jerusalem until the Spirit comes upon you and then you will receive power. You will receive fire and you will turn the world upside down. Let's pray. Before we pray, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. Um, what's a takeaway here? Well, first of all, if you have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've not uh, repented and met, uh, encountered the Holy Spirit in, in baptism, encourage you to do that, and I'm pretty sure probably most everybody here has, but I'm not going to make that assumption. Um, turn to Him. Come to Him. Be baptized. Not only with the baptism, repentance, and salvation, but spirit, fire. And if in a continuum, the, the takeaway today is 
Knowledge of fire, knowledge of ice. Where am I? Where are you? Where are you at here? All the way over? All the way over? I know I'm not there. I've been here. Hopefully, I'm moving this way. Where are you? Where are you on this continuum of knowledge of ice, knowledge of fire? Let's pray. Jesus, um, you are our Lord and our Savior. We know about you through your word. We know that the word is the words of God and that they have life. But Holy Spirit, we need you because we need to have ears to hear what you are saying for you to bring those to life to us. We need to, to give up control and let you just take us where you want and to be filled with you so that we can go out into all the world and turn it upside down. And maybe, first of all, I need to be turned upside down and your church needs to be turned upside down. Thank you so much, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.